la maktaba di dompa mela peish la mak ta ba di don 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 pa Tak se pej. Pej. Maskal zum Teller. Kali Mella. That was a very amateur attempt at composing una sigla, uh, a little piano jingle for this new podcast channel, La Maktaba di Don Pablo. Uh, the notes are taken from letters of that name, La Maktaba di Don Pablo. I'm still a beginner. I didn't play the piano for 30 years for family reasons I won't go into now. So, Kali Mela um, sounds like the Greek word for good day, but uh, I modified it a little bit and changed the R, Mera, day, into an L. Mela, which is a Maltese word. In Maltese, everything begins, ends, or continues in the word Mela. Mela can mean many things. It can mean so, well, and then, of course, of course not. It can mean what the hell. It depends on the context, tone, and length of the vowel. Mela, 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 hey. And Mela is such an idiosyncratic Maltese word that if you go into a souvenir shop in Malta, you're likely to find t-shirts, mugs, posters with the word Mela. Um, nothing to do with the Italian word Mela, apple. I don't know the etymology. Um, mela as a verb in Maltese from the Arabic means to fill and it is a kind of filler word mela 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 can mean of course of course of course or it can mean he filled he filled he filled but I don't really know where it comes from so kali mela can mean good beginning good ending or bon continuation as they say in French my name is Michel Breton and I welcome you to La Maktaba di Don Pablo, a podcast on books, poetry, 
language and translation is Mediterraneo, islands and cats. Uh, it's a Mediterranean podcast channel, even if I speak the colonial language, but you could call it Mediterranean English, or we could just call it my language, Michelois, or Miguelenio, or Mihailika. So my name is Michel Breton, formerly known as I'm waiting for that vehicle to pass, I will explain why. Formerly known as and still bureaucrat bureaucratically named Antoine Cassard. Since last summer, I have chronic hyperacusis. I hear too much and I hear too little. I can't stand mechanical noise, traffic, and I don't know if I'll ever if I'll ever be able to travel again unless it's by sailboat. So I adopted the pseudonym. Michel Breton. I won't call it a heteronym. I'll talk about heteronyms a bit later. When my ears broke last September. Long story. Long story. Uh, which I'll talk about another time. When I realised that I couldn't lead a normal life anymore and could no longer travel, and I travelled a lot in my life, mostly thanks to poetry, I changed my name. Michelle, from my tia, my aunt, Michelina, one of the two ancestors who led me here. It's no coincidence that, sitting on this doorstep, I directly opposite me in the valley is Paxiarchis, the St. Michael's Church. Um, and uh, Breton is a kind of joke because my grandfather on my mother's side, Nun Frank, who also had hyperacusis, though it wasn't called that at the time, but I do remember his face crumpling to noise when I was a kid, and then he went deaf. I don't know if I will go there, but uh, Manu Frank, he uh, lived in France in his teenage years and early 20s. And for the last three years of the Second World War, he was a refugee in hiding in uh, a little, wonderful little town called Miao, which sounds like Miao. And he took, because he had a British subject passport that was written there, British subject passport, being Maltese, um, he uh, he took a fake French ID <laughs> and pretended to be from Bretagne. So, not British, but Breton. So, <laughs> that's why I called myself Michel Breton, partly as a joke and mostly in homage to um, the two ancestors who led me to Isaki. Long story, as I said. So I live as an, in inverted commas, acoustic refugee, a term I don't use lightly. 
on a mountain over the Ionio, the Ionia. This is Homer's mountain in North Ithaca. I live with three cats. Don Pablo, who came with me from Luxembourg. Ninja, aka Ninji Ninj, who befriended Don Pablo as soon as we arrived in this village and then adopted us last September. And Gloriula, who's somewhere inside. I rescued her a few months ago from the next village, Stavros. This village is called Exoyi, which literally means out of this land or out of this world. Population right now about 22, and that's because of lockdown. Normally we would be six. At the moment, I think I am the youngest inhabitant in the village. I am, well, my body is 42, my soul is 31. Um, and uh, I'm relatively safe here from the noise of civilization. I see civilization down there in the valley. I'm not completely safe. I mean, total silence doesn't exist. Not even for four minutes, 33 seconds as John Cage illustrated, right? Now and again, there's a chainsaw or a motorbike coming up the mountain. Once a week, there's a passing plane, but I don't want to wear earplugs and headphones at home. I have to when I drive, because I still drive at least, and I have to when I go shopping, because the fridges in the supermarket are very loud. <laughs> I have a silent fridge here, relatively silent. Anyway, down this mountain, there is an ancient, there's an archaeological site, which possibly was Homer's school. It might have been the palace of Odysseus and Penelope. It could simply be a touristic trap, but uh, this is, let's call it Homer's mountain. And from this doorstep, I see, uh, apart from mountains and the mainland and the passing boats between Brindisi and Patra. Across Afalis Bay I see uh, a little beach called, actually it's quite wide, Platia Amos. That is where, legend has it, Penelope and Odysseus would canoe to for recreational purposes, let's say, in the flower of their youth. And it's probably where Telemachus was conceived. Not on the beach itself, but on a large rock uh, in the sea, just, <laughs> I don't know, about 50 meters away from the beach. Um, I think that's a good choice for... <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, La Maktaba di Don Pablo. What is a Maktaba? And who is Don Pablo? Well, so, Maktaba is the Arabic word for library. And I chose the Arabic word um, because I think the language in the Mediterranean with the greatest number of speakers is Arabic. But I also chose the word Maktaba because it was a gift from um, a friend, a brother of mine, Amazig. Um, in Luxembourg, his name is Fouad, and uh, he gave me this 
wonderful musical word, maktaba. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to open somewhere in North Ithaca in the coming months a physical Mediterranean library that will be the building of La Maktaba di Don Pablo. And Don Pablo is a one-year-old, almost one-year-old cat, black and white. They would call him a tuxedo cat, an adjective I prefer to avoid because it sounds rather bourgeois to me. You could call him a piano cat, as he's black and white. One Greek friend called him cow-colored, <laughs> which in Maltese would work. A tooth button would work. <laughs> he does devour food. Uh, and he steals, snatches food away from his friend Ninja and from Goryuda. So he does eat like a cow. And uh, Don Paolo, he was brought to me last year in June, incidentally on my 42nd birthday. Uh, sorry, it's 31st. Anyway, um, from Madrid, he travelled in a van from Madrid with his four siblings, clandestinely, without papers. He lived with me in Bonvois, the Mediterranean quarter of Luxembourg city, for a month. I had to get him a Luxembourg passport for the vaccines and to be able to travel with him. Then we set off on a long journey in the car from Bonvois to southeastern Italy, Salento. A journey that should have taken two, three, maximum four days, took us 33 days and nights. Long story. I will write about it in a poetic novel. I'll talk about that another time. So we lived for just over a month in a magical village called Santa Cesaria, south of Otranto. And um, I found a very nice place to live there. Don Pablo made a lot of friends. And, uh, and then I crossed the Ionio to Greece. The idea was I was following St. Michael's ley line to Jerusalem to do something for the vulnerable members of my family in Malta and England. Um, it was a trick by Tia Kelina, Michelina, Michel, and uh, Manu Frank. Um, because after four days on the mainland, I was in a place called Paleros. I see the Paleros mountain from here. Um, and that's when my saw ears finally broke. And that's why I came to Isaki. Anyway, and Don Pablo is he was my compass on the journey, and he is much more than a cat. So, in this introductory podcast, I would like to read from three poems. It would have been cliché to read Kavapis' famous poem about Ithaca called Ithaca. 
I will dedicate an entire podcast to the poetry of Kavatis one day. There's a beautiful musical adaptation, piano, guitar, xylophone, I think, so many instruments, uh, by the Catalan musician Luis Yach in three parts. But that will be another time. I think I will make this, these podcasts once, maybe twice a week. When I feel like it. It would also have been cliché to begin with something from the Odyssey, the Invocation to the Muses, for example. Uh, there will also be podcasts, or in Maltese, poddati, on um, extracts of the Odyssey in different languages. Instead, I've decided to read uh, out of respect for Itaki and the Itaki people, um, a modern poet from this island. He lived most of his life in Melbourne, but he's from Frikes, I believe. That's where his old house is. No, he, I think he's from Kolyari, but anyway, North Ithaca. Um, his old house in Frikes, quite with a derelict front patio right now because of uh, Janos, the storm, the cyclone of uh, mid-September. The very night that I crossed the Jordan with Don Pablo, but um, we didn't cross the cycle, thankfully. It was very windy and loud. Anyway, on his front patio, there is a bust of Dante Alighieri, who, <laughs> funnily enough, condemned Odysseus to the eighth pit of the eighth circle of the Inferno for hubris. Um, and Lorenzo Smavidis, a bust of Lorenzo Smavidis, a patriotic poet, uh, half Ithacan and half uh, Spanish. And apparently Lord Byron was also there. I don't like to say Lord. Let's just say Byron. Anyway, um, but uh, that bust was stolen, apparently, in July. Raftopoulos, Stapis Raftopoulos, wrote six books of poetry. I haven't been able to find any. If you are listening from in Ithaki and you have any of his books in Greek and or English, please, I would love to borrow them. Um, but there is one little poem by Rastopoulos, uh, a quatrain, next to the Kalamos Spring, at the bottom of this mountain, where I get my drinking water. Every two weeks I go down with uh, some bottles and fill them up. And uh, it's a wonderful little poem. I will read it in Greek. Forgive my accent. I am learning very slowly. And I'm, I will probably get the tonos, the, um, the accent wrong, uh, the accent on, each, on some of the words, because the Greek is written in capital letters. I much prefer the small letters in Greek writing. I find them more elegant, especially the the chi, which is like an X, but uh, the right to left diagonal line is curved. Um, the xi, which is like a back to front three with a tail, and the zeta, the Z. The small zeta is written in a special way. It looks like, hmm, maybe 
a pregnant woman, I don't know, <laughs> has a wonderful shape. So, in Greek, and then in the, the English translation that is written underneath it, probably <laughs> self-translated by Aristotle. Herexene, stivrisi tu kalamu, skipse ketie, mesa apti fuchta si kironeraki. Anapnefse gyrosu sfiges evodies, ke tha grisis xana sin itaki. Welcome, stranger, to Kalamos Well. Bend and drink from your cupped hand its ice-cold water. Breathe in around you the holy fragrance, and you shall return again to I like how in the Greek, uh, Neraki rhymes with Isaki. Neraki is the diminutive of Nero, water, so it's like little water, sweet water. When borders open again, they say that Greece will open in mid-May, and when close friends visit from afar, from the continent or from other islands, if my friends behave, and they don't make too much noise, I will take them to drink from that spring. <laughs> or they can drink it in this in this house without knowing that I'm putting a little spell on them because I would like them to return. So if you drink from that mountain spring, you will return to Ithaca. So I will serve them a little Neraki. When I sit on this doorstep, on the Afli, sorry, Avli, which means terrace or front yard, um, I have, I would say, a 160 degree view, and I see Lefkada, from left to right, I see Lefkada, the island of Meganisi. I see Afales Bay and Mount Marmakas. Then I see a little bit of Atokos Island, which I believe belongs to either Saudi Arabia or Qatar, one of the Emirs. Then I see the confluence of Frikes Bay and the Frikes Windmill. The confluence of Frikes Bay and Mavronas Bay. It's triangular from this angle. Behind it, the Ionian Sea and the mountains of the mainland. I see the mountains of the mainland from all the way from Paleros to Astakor. And then there is Mount Niriton, which is mentioned in the Odyssey. Um, and when I sit here, especially when I hear sheep, there are a lot of sheep <laughs> in this village. Uh, and I hear them almost every day. And the bells ding 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 ding. I also hear goats on the mountain. Um, and they often, uh, the sheep especially, they often rem remind me of a poem by Alberto Cairo. O Guardador de Rebanos. Alberto Cairo is one of Pessoa's three main heteronyms. Right? The other two were. Alvaro de Campos and Ricardo Reis. 
and each heteronym represents a different biography of Pessoa, a different writing style, a different temperament. They even had different signatures. And sometimes he combines the heteronyms. So in El Guardador de Rebaños, um, Ricardo Reis, or Reis writes a short critical introduction <laughs> to the poems of Alberto Caire. How did Pessoa get away with that? I mean, that could easily be interpreted as arrogance or self-indulgence. But Pessoa makes up for these vices through his generosity towards the reader. So like Neruda and Walt Whitman, Pessoa understands that the true protagonist of literature is the reader. Right? I would like to read the first poem from O Guardador de Rebaños, The Keeper of Sheep. I will be reading from the translation of Richard Zellis. And then I will do a little bit in Portuguese and a little bit in Maltese for the fun of it. It's my favorite part. I've never kept sheep, but it's as if I did. My soul is like a shepherd. It knows the wind and sun and walks hand in hand with the seasons, looking at what passes. All the peace of nature without people sits down at my side. But I get sad like a sunset in our imagination. When the cold drifts over the plain and we feel the night come in like a butterfly through the window. Butterfly, petaluda in Greek, but fet in Maltese. Yet my sadness is a comfort, for it is natural and right, and is what should fill the soul whenever it thinks it exists and doesn't notice the hands picking flowers. Like a sound of sheep bells beyond the curve in the road, my thoughts are content. My only regret is that I know their content, since if I did not know it, they would be content and happy instead of sadly content. Thinking is a discomfort, like walking in the rain when the wind pick, when the wind kicks up and it seems to rain harder. I have no ambitions and no desires. To be a poet is not my ambition. It's my way of being alone. And if sometimes in my imagination I desire to be a small lamb. <laughs> and then open brackets. Or to be the whole flock so as to be scattered across the hillside as many happy things at the same time. Close brackets. It's only because I feel what I write when the sun sets or when a cloud passes its hand over the light and the silence sweeps through the grass. When I sit down to write verses or I walk along roads and pathways, jotting verses on a piece of paper in my mind, I feel a staff in my hand and see my own profile on top of a low hill, looking after my flock and seeing my ideas, or looking after my ideas and seeing my flock, 
and smiling vaguely, like one who doesn't grasp what was said, but pretends he did. I salute all who may read me, tipping my wide-brimmed hat as soon as the coach tops the hill and they see me at my door. I salute them and wish them sunshine or rain if rain is needed, and a favourite chair where they sit at home reading my poems next to an open window. And as they read my poems, I hope they think I'm something natural. That old tree, for instance, in whose shade, when they were children, they sat down with a thud, tired of playing, and wiped the sweat from their hot foreheads with the sleeve of their striped smocks. 8th March 1914. My goodness, that's 107 years ago. Hmm. Okay, so the part that I read in brackets <laughs> is my favourite part. I'll read it again in English. So just after he says, and if sometimes in my imagination I desire to be a small lamb, Alberto Cairo says, Cairo, or to be the whole flock so as to be scattered across the hillside as many happy things at the same time. What is scientifically impossible becomes possible in poetry. That's why I love it so much. So in the original Portuguese, I don't know Portuguese, but I can read it through Spanish. Ou ser o rebanho tudo, para andar espalhado por toda a encosta, a ser muita coisa feliz ao mesmo tempo. In Maltese, I translated this spontaneously way back in 2007. I was on a train from Bari to Matera, reading a bilingual uh, edition of Pessoa. And um, so I translated from the Italian. Uh, and then I read it to a friend, a fellow Maltese writer who was travelling with me that day. Yon kella liankun il merchlas hira, bish nimshi sparpaliat madiu lelolia, oinkun haf nachreya hinya fristes hili. That alliteration came out on its own. Um, Revealed by the language itself. You can almost hear the sheep uh, joyfully leaping <laughs> up and down the hill. That was the bell of Taxiatis. How long have we been on for? I don't want to go over an hour. Okay, in fact. 40 minutes would be ideal, maximum 45. So, I would like to read one more of my favorite poets, Pablo Neruda. Don Pablo, the cat, is named after Pablo Neruda, Pablo Picasso, and my Nanna Paula, my yaya, my grandmother. So, speaking of generosity in, in poetry, uh, Pablo Neruda was 
even in his most depressive poems of uh, his um, mm, trilogy Residencia en la Tierra, uh, he is always offering something to the reader and including the reader in the poem, especially in Canto General, his large encyclopedic uh, poem about the history, geography, fauna and flora of Latin America. The poem I'd like to read, bear with me while I get the book from the desk, is the last poem from Memorial de Isla Negra. Isla Negra, a notebook. Isla Negra is the, the name he gave to uh, the beach and uh, black rock where he had his third and final house built where he lived with Matilde for the last 30 years of his life or 25 um, I've been there twice I dreamt for a long time about living in a place similar to Isla Negra, my own kind of Isla Negra. <laughs> well, here I am on Isla Verde. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have translated dozens and dozens of Neruda's poems over the past 15 years, but I don't have the translations with me. They're on a computer, an old computer in Malta. So one day I hope to find an Istioforo, a sailboat, to take me to Malta, so I can say hello to my family and friends, eat rabbit, and uh, collect my stuff and come back. I can't live in Malta, it's way too loud. Way too loud. Half a million people on a small rock. The population of Ithaki is roughly 3,000, which is equivalent to the population of my village, one of the smaller villages in southern Malta. So, um, it might get loud here in summer, but I'm much safer here than in Malta, that's for sure. Anyway, the last poem is called El Futuro es Espacio. I'll read it in Spanish first, and then in the English translation by Alistair Reed. This is a very hopeful poem, not devoid of cynicism. El Futuro el futuro es espacio espacio color de tierra color de nube color de agua de aire espacio negro para muchos sueños espacio blanco para toda la nieve para toda la música atrás quedó el amor desesperado que no tenía sitio para un beso Hay lugar para todos en el bosque, en la calle, en la casa. Hay sitio subterráneo y submarino. Qué placer es hallar por fin subiendo un planeta vacío. Grandes estrellas claras como el vodka. Eh, Meraki. <risa> no. Grandes estrellas claras como el vodka, tan transparentes y deshabitadas. Y ahí llegar con el primer teléfono para que hablen más tarde 
tantos hombres de sus enfermedades. Lo importante es apenas divisarse, gritar desde una dura cordillera y ver en la otra punta los pies de una mujer recién llegada. Adelante, salgamos del río sofocante en que con otros peces navegamos desde el alba a la noche migratoria y ahora en este espacio descubierto volemos a la pura soledad. I wish I had the multi-version here. Anyway, Alistair Reed, one of uh, the better translators of Neruda, together with W.S. Merwin. In my opinion, of course, the future is space. The future is space, earth-colored space, cloud-colored, color of water, air, black space with room for many dreams, white space with room for all snow, for all music. Behind lies despairing love with no room for a kiss. There's a place for everyone in forests, in streets, in houses. There's an underground space, a submarine space, but what joy to find in the end, rising an empty planet, great stars clear as vodka, so uninhabited and so transparent, and arrive there with the first telephone so that many men can later discuss all the in all their infirmities or illnesses, sus enfermedades. The important thing is to be scarcely aware of oneself. Eh, tell that to Pessoa. The important thing is to be scarcely aware of oneself, to scream from a rough mountain range and see on another peak the feet of a woman newly arrived. Come on, let's leave this suffocating river in which we swim with other fish from dawn to shifting night. And now in this discovered space, let's fly to a pure solitude. Don Pablo. Don Pablo. Gracias por ese poema. So, before I close, I would like us to listen to some music. There are several songs, good songs, about Isaki, Saka. There's Lucho Dabla. There's uh, Alkistis Protopsalti, the nightingales uh, of uh, Itaka. Luis Yach, who I mentioned. And Radio Dervish, an Italo-Palestinian band from, based in Salento. Nabil Salame is uh, the singer. Um, and um, they have a wonderful song and video called Itaka. Bear with me while I connect to the speaker.
عبك اوكي Now I can't listen to many MP3s are bad quality and uh, they hurt my ears. YouTube also tends to be bad quality recordings. So I have to use a particular music platform. I don't want to do corporate adverts, but um, the quality of sound is much better. And um, I have to use the external speaker because computer speakers and phone speakers are very bad for our ears. They scratch a lot, right? So here it is, Itaka by Radio Dervish. I will leave you with this. Kali Mela, which can mean good ending, good beginning, good continuation. And I won't tell you what book I will read from in uh, the second episode of this of these Poddati podcasts, because I prefer to be spontaneous. I have, I, I've identified one, but... Um, which I'm really enjoying, but uh, who knows, I might change my mind. So, here we go. Radio Dervish Itaka Sacha by, thank you for listening to La Maktabadi, Don Pablo, and maybe next time you will hear <laughs> Don Pablo himself, because he went for a walk around the village after I took out two ticks from around his neck scheme. Poor guy. Here we go. That is not, that was Jananamini. Tieni fermi nella mente I tuoi occhi peri
Tessera, Tria, Leo, Ella, Cari, Imela. Ciao, ciao.